Hey everyone, welcome back to We Are with me, Ishwar Damaraju. This is the second episode of the season, and I am really excited about this one. We have here today Sanjana Irinki, a good friend of mine who is who was kind enough to come on the show today and share her journey with us. A very interesting journey, which I do have a couple of questions about. So let's get started. Sanjana, how are you doing? I'm good. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time. So yeah, straight away, you know, currently you're in med school um, in New Jersey, which is a coincidence because my guest on the first interview was is <laughs> was doing the same thing. But your path to med school is a little different than his. Um, mm-hmm. You did biomedical engineering. Is that correct? Yes. So I did the four-year program at Johns Hopkins um, before going into med school. And I did it like straight through. So I didn't take any gap years or anything like that. Oh, wow. So how how was that experience? So I'd say for me, um, it was a really great experience. And I think that having that engineering background now in med school is also very helpful for me because I feel like as opposed to what most people do, um, which is kind of do like a molecular biology major or neuroscience or something that's more relevant to the medical field. Mm -hmm. um, I really got a glimpse of uh, medical technology and kind of how to intervene in the clinical side of things um, before I I came to the part of my life where I'm learning how to treat patients. So for me, it was a really great experience. It taught me a lot about problem solving and innovation and even just balancing a heavy workload because I think getting used to that is helping me uh, study better now. Right, right. And definitely it gives you like a different perspective when you compare your path to other people that are in med school with you right now, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so for me, I think the biggest the biggest thing that I see compared to my peers who have awesome insights, and I'm really glad that I'm part of such a uh, diverse medical school class because I get to hear a lot of their perspectives, is that I tend to think a lot from, um, like I said, the clinical side and how doctors tend to approach a problem. And I, I see the gaps that exist in healthcare and the mm-hmm. kind of things that we can do to rectify them. Um, rather than just looking at uh, how treatment options can be bettered for patients. That sounds incredible. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, have you shared your journey with uh, others since I know it's not, as you said, a traditional route into med school, but has anyone uh, like asked you questions about your path so far? Or is this the first time on this interview? Have you done other interviews like this before? Yeah, so my friend Amolia actually, she's uh she was also pre-medical in college and she's uh currently at the University of Toledo. Um so she did an interview with me last year, uh right around the time that both of us were applying um about our journeys through medical school. So that's actually up on YouTube if anyone wants to watch. Oh wow, that's nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's good to share uh just because there's probably so many people out there who, who are on your same path but have a lot of questions about it. So definitely yeah, send me yeah. send me that link and I'll leave that in the description. Hopefully it helps out a few of our friends. 
Yeah, definitely. And I'd say the biggest thing about this is that you should really spend your years in college doing something that you're passionate about and something that makes you really happy um, and not something that you think will make you stand out on medical school applications or kind of like gear your entire life around that. I think spending those four years figuring out who you are and what makes you happy was really was really the best gift I could have gotten. Yeah, definitely. And everything you said is is very insightful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, and, absolutely. And it's so awesome yeah. to see like how far you've gotten to um, since college, because now you've made theater your whole life, basically. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Thank you. But we do have to talk about this, this amazing thing you did back in high school. Uh, for everyone that's listening, let me just give you a, uh, a little synopsis of an ancient Indian epic called the Mahabharata. So it basically revolves around two branches of a family, the Pandavas and Kauravas, who in the Kurukshetra war battle for the throne of Hastinapura. And that's like the basic gist, but uh, the entire epic consists of almost 100,000 verses, uh, told by Vyasa Devudu, written by Ganapati himself. And this book is a complex piece of writing that teaches many life lessons and how to basically live life to the fullest, live life righteously. And, and my friend Sanjana, she read the entire thing, understood the heart of it, made it her own, and authored a book titled Secrets of the Twelve. When she was in high school, most adults didn't even make it through the book, but she did this in high school. And I've been impressed with this feat ever since. So Sanjana, can you explain to us uh, the gist of your book? Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to kind of preface this by saying that I will not um, say that I have the most deep understanding of what the Mahabharata is. Um, it's incredibly complex. And what I've learned, I've learned from word of mouth. I've learned from stories from my parents, my grandparents, and then ended up reading it by myself. But I just, I do want to say that everyone's interpretations are different. And so for me, what really stood out is that during all of these retellings of the Mahabharata, I never once um, got to hear anybody's motivations. Mm -hmm. Any time that I asked my parents or my grandparents about a character, they would say, oh, he was a good character for doing this. He was a bad character for doing this. Um, the women were sidelined completely in all of mm -hmm. these retellings, which is something that really bothered me. And another right. thing that was skipped over was kind of going into the depth of each character, like their motivations and their thought processes and the reasons for doing what they did. Um, because if, if it comes down to it, all of the people, all of the characters in this epic are still people um, right. and they have their own thoughts, emotions and drives. And yeah. a lot of them are selfish. A lot of them are ulterior. We don't we can possibly never really know what they were thinking. But I took all of these retellings that I heard, I took my primary firsthand experience of reading the epic and kind of designed a four phase book that goes through the mind of the 12 characters that I selected. 
um, mm -hmm. and it kind of tells their stories from their side. Nice. So hence the title, Secrets of the Twelve? Yes. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, when did you get the idea that you wanted to put your take on it? I mean, um, as you said, you were heavily influenced by the story uh, told mm -hmm. from the point of view of your parents and your other family members. But what, what was that push, that push that said, I need to do this? Or the, I want to one, so one of my influences and inspirations, I have to give credit here, is a book called The Palace of Illusion by mm. Chitra Devakarni. She's an amazing writer, and I would only ever hope to be as good as her. But she wrote a book called The pa Palace of Illusions, and it tells Draupadi's story from her point of view throughout the um, Mahabharatam itself and Draupadi is one of the uh, most important women in the story I would say most important characters by far um, right. so that was really inspiring for me but uh, when I read that book it just for some reason it felt incomplete it felt like it wasn't enough because mm -hmm. she portrays everyone in that book from Draupadi's perspective so the side that we get to see of like of Kunti, of Arjun, of Karna, they're all from her perspective. You don't oh, really get to go into the minds of what what they're going through and what their motivations are. So for me, it was really important that I covered uh, 12 characters that I thought were important. Other people may not feel the same way, but it, for me, it was really important that I analyzed how those 12 characters kind of grew and changed throughout those four phases. Right, definitely. I mean, the way they, the characters, uh, the people interact in the story. And uh, I think for many, for many writers and directors in the film industry and in theater, the Mahabharata was always an inspiration because they could take like one specific detail and expand it into an entire, you know, feature length film because yeah. the characters are so complex and the plot lines are very, very interesting, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if anyone were to, I, I know that there are TV shows and movies that exist on it, but I think if anyone were to make a series or anything like that, it would have to be at least four or five parts. It would have to be at least 10 or 12 <laughs> hours of cinema to cover, to even get into the surface of the entire thing, honestly. Oh my God, that would, that would be amazing. I mean, with the level of like uh, CG work that we have today with the technology we have, uh, yeah, it would be really amazing. I mean, these are literally larger than life characters, which we don't see in today's world, you know? Exactly, exactly. So given that freedom, I'm sure like a director like uh, uh, Rajmoli, uh, who has mentioned it a couple of times that it's his dream project to make this into a feature length film. Uh, I think he would he would set the expectations high and deliver visuals that like blow everyone away. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually, I was watching the um, RRR press meet yesterday and Rajmali said something that I found really interesting is that he, when he develops a character and when he writes a character and conceptualizes one, he mm -hmm. really does go into all the emotions and depth of it um, right. to be able to portray them accurately on screen. And the other thing that, that escaped my mind because I'm not even in cinema is that he has to look at how the mannerisms of every character are mm -hmm. affecting their portrayal and how the audience perceives them. So for 
a guy who has that much genius, I'm sure I'm sure he'll do it justice. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And for those listening, uh, Rajmouli is a is an Indian film director who uh, basically set took Indian cinema to another level with his movie Bahubali, which came out in two parts, almost like five years ago, and received international recognition for his work. And uh, he his dream project is this. Uh, is turning the Mahabharata into a feature film, maybe multiple parts. So, yeah, definitely what you said. He does his homework. And I think he said, even for Bahubali, when he was thinking of the characters, he sat down with the lead actors like Prabhas, and they would they would literally um, talk, a, make a backstory for the character, like from childhood up until the point of where the film starts just so they get like a perfect understanding of the character arc, which is, which is insane, right. but you can definitely see the perfection on the screen, you know? Right, exactly. And for this, the Mahabharatam, I think his job is somewhat a little bit easier because there are some things that canonically happened um, that haven't <laughs> changed since the first telling of it. So Yeah, for thanks. sure. And all the backstories are already written, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I so, think it's just can, about yeah. looking into the motivations of each character and understanding why they did some things that portrayal on screen is a lot more difficult than in writing, I would say. Right, right. And <clears throat> so, well, the million dollar question is, it, can we see your book in a store or published online anytime soon? <laughs> it's, I it's did just write like, it. Well, I mean... I read it. I think it's 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 really it's really wonderful. But yeah, I want to hear you. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> it has. I will say that it has been about six years since I've written that book. Some of my opinions right. have changed. Um, true. True. So maybe if I if I go back and edit it to reflect kind of my thoughts now, um, maybe then yeah, I hope so. Oh my god, that would that would be really amazing. I mean, one of my Friends published a book. <laughs> yeah, it would be really great. Um, I do. I yeah. think I would appreciate having the opportunity, even if it's not stellar writing, having the opportunity to share some of my ideas. Exactly um, right. Because Sharing my interpretation, right? My yeah. interpretation is a little bit more modern than the normal Mahabharata would have you think, which is told even today. It's told in a very conservative way. Hmm. Right, definitely. I mean, starting a conversation is always the hardest, but you need those different perspectives out there. So thanks for sharing yours. I mean, definitely. Uh, yeah, if the book when, if, when the book comes out, I definitely need your autograph. I need a signed copy. <laughs> <laughs> I need yours first, Mr. Actor. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Let's see. Give it some time. <laughs> yeah. Well, another thing that you know, that we share in common is our love for Harry Potter films. And considering that the Harry Potter reunion to Hogwarts, like Harry Potter reunion, Return to Hogwarts is coming up real soon. I thought we can talk about, we can talk about that. Like, do you remember how you felt when you were, when you watched like part one, like the Sorcerer's Stone? Or did you read the books first? I did read the books first. So I oh, was... Okay, okay. I started, I actually, it was, it was a very funny story. Um, 
I rejected Harry Potter until I was maybe in fifth or sixth grade because everybody around me was so obsessed with it and I just didn't understand. <laughs> and I really just never gave it a chance. And okay, one day okay. my mom brought home those books from the library and I picked it up and honestly, I couldn't put it down. It took me seven days to finish the entire series. I was just reading wow. 24-7. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and <laughs> that's, that's where the obsession began. <laughs> So did the films, like, since you, you've read every word, did the films, like, reach the expectations for you? Or were there parts where um, you like, I liked it better in the book? I think the films got better as they progressed. But mm. I will say, nothing for me compares to the experience of reading. Uh, reading yeah. and writing, I think, because you have your own liberties and your own imagination. Um, true, true. It, it just, it elevates the experience so much for me. And there are so many things in the book that do not hold true for the movies. And some of mm. the characterizations to this day are still disappointing to me, um, which is understandable <laughs> because it's an eight movie series. How much can you really fit into two hours um, if mm. you have like hundreds and hundreds of pages of writing? Yep. But yep. for me, the books will always win. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. So since we're on the topic, I have a small quiz for you about Harry Potter. Yeah, go for it. Let's let's mm -hmm. see. Let's see how many you get right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here goes. Question number one. And I'll give you options, so don't worry about it for some of them. It'll make it mm -hmm. uh, easier since I just popped this up on you. <laughs> how many yeah. how many horcruxes did Lord Voldemort make? Uh, seven. That is true. You got it. The next question. What was the charm that Harry used to summon his broomstick in the Triwizard Tournament? Accio. True. Two for two. Awesome. You know, to this day, I still don't know if I'm saying the spells correctly because I've only ever read them. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you have the an amazing memory. <laughs> If you still remember yeah. the spells, that's awesome. Question number three. What is Neville's boggart? Did I say that right? Oh, it's, when um, he's, it's uh, Professor Snape. Yes, boggart. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's Professor Snape. It's, uh, yep, yep. In it's the really classroom funny, with... but really tragic at the same time. Exactly. Oh, man. Next, we have a more serious question. Who killed Sirius Black? Bellatrix. Correct. Still the most the most heartbreaking moment. Oh my god, tell me about it. It was insane. I really well unbelievable. At that point I did not read the book, so every scene was uh new for me. It was a surprise. Mm. And man, it was shocking. I was I was really hoping when I watched the movies that they would just forget that happened. Because <laughs> it was just a heartbreak all over again. <laughs> I feel you. Okay. Question number five. How many points do you get for catching a golden snitch? Ooh, 150. Oh, yeah. You got is it. That, is that wrong? Oh, no, 150. I think he gets 160 because of some extra points that happen. But Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the scene, but I'm pretty sure you got <laughs> it right. <laughs> oh, man. The next question. 
The potion that brings Voldemort back to life calls for bone of the father, flesh of the servant, and I'll give you options, blood of the enemy, hair of the mother, or tears of the foe. I believe it's blood of the enemy. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. They basically like uh, bind Harry and then get his blood and put it in the pot. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. That was it. That that the ending of that movie was insane. Yeah, it is. It's the, a, it's the, the foundation the for all the rest of them. Yeah. Yep. From there, the entire vibe of the films changed. Right. Oh man. Okay, we're getting on. We're getting to the end. Almost done. <laughs> Who does Barty Crouch Jr. impersonate? Oh, Maddie Moody. Yeah, you got it. And. Uh, last but not least, let's go to this. What position does Harry play on his Quidditch team? Seeker. Yep, you got it. Wow. Yeah. I think you answered every one of them correctly. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I'm surprised. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so looking forward to like this reunion special. I mean, the last time HBO did it uh, was for Friends. And that special was really, really well done, I felt. So I'm definitely looking forward yeah. to this one. I really liked how they brought back a lot of the characters that you wouldn't think. Um, and I'm really excited to see what they have in store for this because I feel like this is so special that even after 20 years, Harry Potter is still such a phenomenon internationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think like annually they still have like Harry Potter, uh, like film marathons where they literally watch every single part uh, I think it was like in in a day or two, which is insane. Yeah. But uh, sounds yeah, I really remember cool. actually. I remember being at your house for a couple of those when we were younger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I regularly like. I I don't know. They're just very very fun to watch, and it's it's really cool because as we got older, the characters also aged, and that added right. a whole different experience to the movies. Definitely. I feel like we grew up with those characters. The last movie um, came out when I was 12. Hmm. So it was really like over that span of five or six years that I felt like I was growing up with them. Right, right. Yeah, definitely excited for that. So, yeah, we talked about your book, your amazing writing, your career path and how you got into med school and now Harry Potter, what do you have? What do you have planned next? Any exciting things going on that you would like to share with us? Because I know, like, you, you're into you have a you have a lot on your plate right now. I'm assuming. So, what are you yeah. doing? Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? In the next couple of years, uh, I, I will hopefully still be in med school. <laughs> um, still trying to get through it. Um, but for me, I think something that I really enjoyed during undergrad and during high school was doing research. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never got the opportunity to do, uh, translational and clinical research. Um, and I actually just got accepted into a lab. So I'm planning on starting research really, really soon. Um, and hopefully, yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, just balancing med school research 
I started music classes again. Oh, um, no way. So that's really, really exciting. I'm really, really excited to see how far I get in the next four years. Um, at least for the time that I'm in medical school, I hope to continue doing music. So Right. So music class as in the flute? Um, no. So the flute, I'm actually kind of practicing on my own now. Okay. okay. Uh, I started Carnatic music again. Wow. Really nice. How long has it been yeah. since you started? Uh, just about a month. It hasn't been too long. That's awesome. Like, is this in person, online? Online class? Yeah, in person. In person. In, in My person. aunt actually teaches here. Yeah, in Jersey. Oh, that's amazing. This is new. I'm so excited. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to yeah, hear you I'm perform really excited. sometime. Yeah, absolutely. And if you ever, if, when you're back here, we can uh, we can jam out for sure. Yeah, definitely. When I come back, I'll grab my tabla. I'll come yeah. over to New Jersey. And yeah. We can we can we can make some music. That sounds really yeah, fun. Absolutely. You know, I I've been thinking about starting classes here in Hyderabad as well. Uh, oh, like that'd learning, be awesome. Learning Carnatic as well, because for one, it opens up your voice, which as an actor is fantastic, and I can see. I want to like get a sense of my range, how low I could go, how high I can go, how much I could push myself. Cause having that extra stamina doesn't hurt when you're on set. Right. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've definitely. seen a difference wow. even in, even in the one month of practicing, like I've definitely seen a difference in my voice. So you should definitely go for it. That'd be so fun. Yep. For sure. I'm going to, I'm going to start looking for teachers tomorrow promise <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. we could sing on a track we'll get you on a track and ah <laughs> uh, yes get me we'll to, get me to rock molly's writing table <laughs> oh for sure imagine if he ever puts out that he needs writers for his upcoming mahabharata film you're no, the number he, i'm gonna he, send to him <laughs> the the writers the writers that he has are fantastic even just oh, shadowing sure. even just being in that room for me it would be a dream come true he, they're always looking for new perspectives, fresh ideas, That's and, you know, it doesn't hurt. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> right, right. So, Sanjana, I wish you all the best for everything that you're doing. Thank you for taking the time uh, to be with us here today. It was, it was super special, super fun. I'm sure the people listening got to learn about you. Uh, you uh, shared your journey with us. And... Hopefully, when we meet in person, we can have a much deeper conversation. And yeah, have a great time, hey, yeah. you know. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see you in person soon. Yep. Happy holidays. Uh, you too. Merry Christmas. Since by the time this episode comes out, I think you'll be celebrating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, take care. And to the audience, thank you for tuning in. Um, and stay tuned for many more interesting stories coming very soon. Have a nice day.